You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hit the Books spinoff show, System Check, where we preview all elite wrestling's events, specifically through the lens of the merit system. I am Ryan Knightsey. On August 31st in Chicago, Illinois, AEW will have their event titled All Out. Returning to the Sears Center, where Coding the Young Bucks held their original event, All In. There are 10 matches on this card, where I will look through each one and examine the stats and records of each wrestler participating in said match. With that all being said, let's get started. First up in the buy-in is Private Party, who are ranked number 4 out of 11, versus Angelico and Jack Evans, ranked number 5 out of 11. It should be said, there is no real interesting stats heading to this match, mainly because both teams are currently sitting at the bottom of the tag team division. Obviously, the winner here will earn some momentum heading into the tag team title tournament, but for this instance, we are really rounding out the tag team division. With Angelico and Evans being dead last, they would need, they really need the win or suffer falling down that rabbit hole even farther. However, I'm going to go with Private Party here to earn the W. They are ranked number four above in Helico and Jack Evans. And not only that, but they do have a little push of being the hot young talent of the division. But a win here would certainly start the show on an incredibly high note. Next up on the buy-in is the 21 Women Casino Battle Royale. Of course, there isn't much to report here as well with it being a gimmick match and all let alone no pinfalls taking place during this match. We are just hoping for big moments, surprise appearances, and a more surprising 21 entrant. So far, the confirmed announced entrants are Jazz, Teal Piper, Ivelisse, Sadie Gibbs, Big Swole, and Shazam McKenzie. With Nyla Rose, Dr. Britt Baker, Yuka Sakazaki, Allie, and Brandi Rhodes all said to make potential appearances in this match. Of course, that leaves 10 additional spots, which could be filled with Mizunami, Nakajima, Priestley, Awesome Kong, Kylie Ray, Aja Kong, Sakura, Bates, or Penelope Ford. In an interview as well, Brandy Rhodes stated that there will actually be more non-AEW confirmed talent than AEW women's roster members, so there should be plenty of surprises to come. The winner of the match will receive a match for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship on October 2nd, so this is a qualifier like the Men's Casino Battle Royale. Literally anyone can win a Battle Royale, so stats won't really matter here, just whomever AEW wants to have in that title spot. My personal picks, of course, are B. Priestley, Britt Baker, or Kylie Ray, assuming she is ready to go. But all in all, I cannot wait to see what the AEW Women's Division will put on, and I cannot wait to see this match. Next up on the main card, the triple threat to the Cracker Barrel Clash between Darby Allen, ranked number 5 out of 39 with one loss, one draw, Joey Janela, ranked number 6 out of 39 with one loss, and Jimmy Havoc, ranked number 7 out of 39 with two losses. These three men, or all former tag team partners that fight for the Fallen, now must fight each other after every competitor's failure in capturing a victory. But with everyone earning a loss, who will earn the W at All Out? My current edge goes to the time limit kid, Darby Allen. That draw against Cody certainly means Darby has the endurance. But does he have the toughness Joey Janela 
according to Wikipedia, also went 20 minutes in his match against John Moxley at Fighter Fest, which is the exact same time that Cody and Darby Allen had on their time limit draw. So that proves that Joey Janela has the endurance and against John Moxley, that that unsanctioned match at Fighter Fest, it proves that Janela has the toughness for this bout. But he did end up losing that match. Then there's Jimmy Havoc, who who uh he's British I mean he's British, right? I mean that's all I got. Uh he's dead last right right now in the division. He's really got nothing going for him. But being dead last means he's got the biggest chip on his shoulder. A win here means a lot for each of these guys, but numbers-wise, simply because of Darby's time limit draw, he does not have a losing streak of two, which is the only separation that he has from Janela and Havoc. According to the merit system, my pick here is going to have to be Darby Allen. Next up in tag team competition is the best friends, ranked number one out of 11 with two wins against the Dark Order, ranked number two out of 11 with one win. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta of the Best Friends are looking to put a stop to the Dark Order once and for all, but can they do it? Best Friends are currently on a win streak of two, but the Dark Order have not even completed in two matches, so it's tough to really gauge that win streak potential. Both teams have victories over two other teams in singles matches, but to pull a bit from Alex Marvez, the number here to focus on is eight, and that is the total number of tags made in all of the matches of Best Friends and all of the matches of Dark Order. But what is interesting to note about that is that Best Friends had that number of eight across two matches, while the Dark Order had that total number of tag number of eight across one match. So what this means is the Dark Order tag each other out more frequently, keeping each other fresh and consistently using double team maneuvers on their opponents. When it comes to what is mostly an even playing field, this total number of tags number is a big difference maker and why I believe the Dark Order will be able to pull out the victory. Next up in a Joshi match is Riho, who is ranked number one out of 17 with two wins and one loss against Hukaro Shida, who is ranked number two out of 17 with one loss. Riho is, of course, the top dog in the AEW women's division at the moment, competing at every event since the promotion's inception. At Fight for the Fallen, however, she earned her first loss at the hands of Shoku Nakajima, meaning her win streak is now gone. Hukaru Shida, on the other hand, who we have not seen since Double or Nothing, where she earned the pinfall victory for her team, is coming in with positive momentum. Plus, Hukaru has a lot more desire for a win here. Because she is in second place, a win here will undoubtedly put her ahead of Riho in the whims division, and would most certainly mean a title shot, possibly at October 2nd. But of course, Riho wants that title shot as well, so to keep her number one ranking in the women's division, she needs to defeat Hikaru Shida. But whose desire will win out? My vote is that the win here will go to Hikaru Shida. She has the momentum. She has the reason, strive, and desire for victory. Plus, with some possible help from her sparring partner, Kenda Kendo Stick, I believe she will earn the victory in this matchup. Next up is the trios match between SCU, who are ranked number 3 out of 11 with one win and two losses, against the team of Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy, who I'm just going to amalgamate the Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy stats 
meaning that this team is ranked number 4 out of 11 with one loss. This trios match is my personal pick for the show stealer of the night. SCU, of course, are ranked higher than Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt, but they have a two-match losing streak. So there is a little bit of edge that goes to the animal-based team. But at the same time, they have a new member of their roster in Marco Stunt. So that additional man can cause SCU to fall flat on their face for the third time in a row or cause major hiccups for Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. A loss for the animalistic team will hurt, but a three-peat loss for SCU will make them really bad in this division. SCU has a lot of tags in their matches, tagging 14 times across three matches, averaging to a total of 4.67. The animalistic team has had one match of four tags, but now with Marco Stunt added to the mix, what will happen? He is the wild card in this match. He can either help or hurt Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy here. But my safe bet is going to go to SCU. They are a certified tag team with plenty of history to boot, and they really cannot eat three losses in a row. Plus, Marco Stunt, of course, is too much of a wild card. What if, what if he's a plant? What if he's a plant for the boy and his dinosaur? Who knows? So expect SCU to get the victory based on this AEW merit system. Next up is the match between Cody, who is ranked number two out of 39 with one win and one loss against Sean Spears, who is ranked number three out of 39 with one win. This match has wild potential and what I'm going to call the unofficial number one contenders match. If Cody wins, he is officially number one under Page and the Jericho result. If Spears wins, he becomes two and zero, while Cody becomes one, one, and one meaning G1 style of points, Spears has four points, while Cody has three. Winner of this match becomes the top dog behind the Page Jericho main event result. The only other person that has a match tonight and is high in the rankings is Kenny Omega, but even with a win in his match, he would still be behind the winner of Cody Sean Spears. So at Philly on October 16th, the show where my fellow co-host Mikey Manfredi will be attending Expect to see the winner of this match against the winner of the Big Gold AEW title. But who's the winner of this match, you ask? Well, let's look at the numbers. Sean Spears is on a positive win streak. Plus, he has the knowledge of Tully Blanchard in his corner. Cody has a negative win streak. He couldn't defeat Darby Allen in 20 minutes. He is 50% effective with his finisher, the Crossroads. But he does have a surprise hand in his corner, that is a person of his choice. But I have to think, even with Brandy or MJF or Pharaoh or Arn Anderson, the numbers don't lie here. Sean Spears has everything sitting pretty in his corner. The odds are stacked against Cody. So based on numbers alone, Sean Spears wins and goes to Philly to challenge for the AEW world title. Next up is the ladder match between Lucha Bros, who are ranked number 3 out of 11 with 1 win and 2 losses, against the Young Bucks, who are ranked number 1 out of 11 with 2 wins. Being that this match is an Escalera de la Muerta match, this match will not count toward the merit system. But instead, what I want to do is focus on what the Young Bucks have done, and that is to make an amazing tag team division. Barring Strongheart, sorry fellas, and the Brotherhood for obvious reason, 
Every tag team in this division has a match at All Out. It cannot be forgotten that this division is the focus of AEW and is the best in the world. I mean, just look at the time, the average time across the divisions. Average men's match time is 15 minutes and 18 seconds. The average women's match time is 12 minutes and 31 seconds. While the tag team division has an average match time of 18 minutes and 32 seconds, whole three minutes ahead of the men's division. When that just goes to show that the tag team division is a cornerstone in all elite wrestling. So I have to thank the Young Bucks and every tag team in this division for what they've contributed to tag team wrestling as a whole. So I cannot wait for the tag team division moving forward. I cannot wait for this match itself at All Out. And I cannot wait for the tag team title tournament on TV in October. In what is to be the banger of the night, we have Pac, who has, of course, no ranking in All Elite Wrestling, against Kenny Omega, who is ranked number four out of 39 competitors with one win and one loss. Pac will finally make his All Elite Wrestling debut against Kenny Omega, and now seems like the perfect time to address this on the show. No, his match against Paige outside AEW does not count. Every time I post a stats preview on Reddit, someone brings it up. No, it doesn't count. It was in WrestlePro. Stop bringing it up. Not in All Elite Wrestling. We're only doing All Elite Wrestling here. That's the name of the show. So please stop bringing it up. It does not count. It, it doesn't. It doesn't count. Moving on, let's look at Kenny Omega. He is sitting number four in the men's ranking. But with Spears, Cody, Page, and Jericho, even if he won his match tonight, he will not walk out as the number one contender for the AEW world title. So Omega has no real drive to win this match besides, you know, win over a former Dragon Gate champion. And it is interesting to note that if rumors are to be believed, then Pac can now lose because he is no longer the Open the Dream Gate champion. So if I was a betting man and to keep Omega in that upper part of the roster, I believe Omega will win here. A loss would put Omega around the mid card, which could help build up guys like MJF, Sean Spears, Sammy Guevara. But come on, this is Kenny Omega we're talking about. Omega picks up the victory. And finally, in the main event of All Elite Wrestling is the title match between Hangman Adam Page who is ranked number one out of 39 with two wins against Chris Jericho, who's ranked number three out of 39 with one win. Who will win the title tonight? Let's check the system. Page has two official wins under his belt and a three-match hot streak. He is two for two with the Deadeye, has never lost a match in AEW yet. The only part that he may have trouble in is his match time. Of Page's two matches, his average match time sits at just under 15 minutes. But then there's Chris Jericho, who when he had his match at double or nothing against Kenny Omega, it lasted 27 minutes flat. Of course, Page hasn't lost a long match length in AEW yet, but we're looking at a difference of 12 minutes, 12 whole minutes, which is a match in of itself. So the question becomes, does Adam Page have the endurance to wrestle at almost double his average match length. To me, this is the one wrinkle in Adam Page's story. If he can wrestle the long match and win, 
Stats-wise, he's easily the top dog of All Elite Wrestling. Chris Jericho has the experience, the name power, the brand power, the match length, the deadly finisher. But he has never faced Adam Page, so a win may be out of his reach. Who knows? The bet, stats-wise, must be on Hangman Adam Page, however, to pull this one out. It only makes sense. The match length could hurt his chance, but he's too much in his favor. So I believe that this cowboy can wrangle the belt back home. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this pilot episode of System Check. We here at Hit the Books are still deciding whether or not this show will get picked up for weekly previews in All Elite Wrestling's TV show when it starts in October. So use that hashtag checked to voice your opinion on whether or not you want to hear more from this show. In AEW, wins and losses matter. So the best way to stay up to date on all things stats Please hit subscribe to hear more if we are eventually picked up. You can also listen to the flagship show, Hit the Books, where my co-host, Mikey Manfredi, and I run through our own realistic fantasy booking of SmackDown Live. You can fully find out what that means by subscribing to this feed. Until hopefully next time, have a good day, I love you, and please stay elite. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.